This is Industry Matters, powered by BGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. BGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. BGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics industries. In today's episode of Industry Matters, President of U.S. Rehab, Greg Packer, and Vice President of Rehabilitation Program Development of HomeLink wrap up a three-part podcast series on the importance telehealth has played and will continue to play in the complex rehab industry. Thanks everyone for joining us in this final recording in our series where we explored telehealth services and complex rehab technology from a variety of stakeholders across the country. In our first session, we discussed the history of telehealth in society, specifically complex rehab and some of the research that has been done by the University of Pittsburgh. The studies have shown that there is not much difference in patient satisfaction with these services performed in person or virtually. And in fact, there are several aspects that have shown better results with virtual services as compared to the traditional method, including increases in operational efficiencies. Now, this is not to say that this can ever replace the hands-on assessments, but could definitely supplement the current practices and potentially be integrated into a standard of care for Dr. Smaler, especially as this opens a virtual window into the patient's home to look at their MRADLs within their living environment, which has historically been patient-reported and typically only seen by the CRT supplier. This may now allow the clinicians to access a living environment, which is currently part of Medicare's LCDs. We then discuss with Dan Fedor current policies that have evolved during this public health emergency we all know as a coronavirus. This has pushed us as an industry to explore non-traditional methods of providing healthcare services while keeping safe practices at the forefront of what we do. Now, telehealth is not new, but the policy modifications have allowed more accessibility to these services from ordering practitioner to the licensed certified medical professional, typically a PT or OT, who conducts seating and mobility assessments in the CMS realm and the allowance to bill for these services. We have seen some private and commercial payers adopting these policy changes temporarily and even some permanent. But as typically seen by CMS, they dictate the policies and others will typically follow suit. The important thing to remember is that regardless of the method of the assessment, the medical necessity still has to be shown. This now leads us into the second session. This leads us into the second session we held where we dove deeper into this concept and methodology. Is there a time and place for telehealth and complex rehab? Yes. We all work with the most fragile people in society and there are many constraints we encounter all the time. Would we prefer to have consumer in clinic and to properly assess their needs? Of course, but if that's not available, what options do we have and how do we actually do it? There are many advancements in technology today that allow providers and clinicians to address these needs in objective terms and high resolution videos and images as Steve Mitchell with the Cleveland VA has done very well, but it doesn't have to be always that complicated. Rachel Hibb from the University of Pittsburgh talked to us even about utilizing items in the room and the home to help assess functional ability. For the CRT provider, there are many opportunities to implement virtual services into their everyday operations from new and replacement equipment and products to service and repair. And it seems to only have upside. Matt McPherson talked about how using virtual methods to increase accessibility to more highly specialized clinicians for patients in rural areas where normally they would have to travel very far for that level of care. But even within that comes obstacles in the form of education and training for the CRT technician and ATPs, which brings us to where we're at today. So Greg, 
what do you think about all this? And, uh, you know, what's U.S. Rehab doing in this space to, you know, help address these cer- uh, concerns and, and new opportunities moving forward? Well, Kyle, thanks a lot. And, and Kyle, thanks for hosting uh, these podcasts on telehealth and telemedicine in its uh, essence. CRT is a very small portion of the um, total medical systematic system that we deal with on a daily basis in the U.S. COVID's been a tragic event that's happened with a pandemic that's hit all sectors of the healthcare. So even as small as CRT is in the healthcare setting as a whole, it is still a large part of a system that needs uh, our, our capitalized on and healthcare deliverables are done very systematically. And we have some of the most vulnerable folks in the industry. And I appreciate what you've done by helping put some of this stuff together and talking about it because bringing it to the forefront and helping this patient population is exactly what our provider network does and the industry needs. So what we see is that education is a high point in everything that we have because we have to stay on the top of everything that's happening and what's working and what may not be working to refine and help ourselves uh, in the future. So with that, telehealth has become something that has given us those distance capabilities to be able to deliver high quality medical attention through a telehealth platform, whichever platform it may be, but with that, to be able to prevent further uh, passing of any type of potential pandemic or other disease states. Now, we've always been very cognizant of those types of things because we have a very vulnerable section of the population with a lot of comorbidities and uh, reduction in immune systems and those things. So we've always been uh, very cognizant of that. This is just heightened that uh, capabilities. So what mm-hmm. we've done is we've tried to help educate the membership that we uh, are participating with at U.S. Rehab as the rehab sector. And Kyle, you've helped dramatically in helping bring together with Dr. Schmaler, Dr. Shine, uh, and Dr. Hibbs, all of these folks together along with Dan Fedor uh, and some other just private sector working folks in the system, like at the VA and at other systematic approaches. So with that, we've helped develop different things that are gonna evolve over time to help this telehealth system, like education that will push forward performance and educational opportunities to get better at what we do. Okay. We're going to move into a new realm, but we're not all knowledgeable about exactly what we're going to do yet. So with that, we're going to see education platforms that we've created over time, like the ATP training programs that we have to help you understand what it takes to be a good assistive technology professional and to help you over uh, the lifetime of your career to get better at specific disease states, to get yeah, that's, better. At that's doing the thing that I've, 
you know, seeing, you know, some of your educational platforms, Greg, is, you know, they've evolved over time. And even though in some essence, telehealth is not new, it, it still is new in the majority across the country within CRT. There's a lot to be uncovered still. And I think this is just the, the tip of the iceberg to start understanding the um, processes and, and even the efficacy of this, even though we have some research out there, I, I'm really excited to, to see where this goes to help our industry and, and those most you know fragile patients. Yeah, I would agree. And as we evolve with what we're doing, the outcomes have become even more important. As you can show statistical probability of is what we're doing working in this patient population or in this disease state, there are a couple really neat studies out there that uh, uh, the VA has been involved in with Dr. Schmaler and Dr. Shine. Uh, and, you know, you have access to those on our webpage. Those are real important. The FMA is utilized in some of those, and it's a great outcomes tool. We have lots of education on it. We have new education coming out in the first quarter next year that you've really helped foster as well, Kyle, as a sitting ATP and as a past practicing ATP that you've helped us develop with Dan Fedor, Dr. Schmaler, and Dr. Shine that will be rolled out in the first quarter next year on telehealth, on how to perform at a high level and an exceptional level. We also had Matt McPherson weigh in there because if you have great ATPs developing high levels of outcomes and positioning people in the correct equipment, how do you maintain that equipment unless you have a knowledge base out there? That's why we've increased the level with the Demert Group to have certifications for the folks that are repairing this equipment so it's properly repaired and properly functioning at all times. The other thing that we look at that we're going to develop in the first quarter next year is ethics. Ethics is so important in our industry. Am I making the right choice? And Kyle, you've dealt with ethics your whole career in this industry. We have to do what's best for the patient population, what's best to ethically support them with our credential that we have as an ATP, as a PT, and as an OT, but making sure that we're not encompassing an issue that could cause a flaw in the system in the future. So systematically understanding ethics is so important in our changing environment in the current world. And we will have a developed ethics program coming out in the first quarter. That's great to hear. You know, that the, the ethics piece alone is, is multidimensional. A lot of different variables that, that come into play and, and even biases. Um, and I think there will always be those. But how do you mitigate that to ultimately you know, look out for the end user. That That's your number one focus as an ATP. Understanding as a practicing professional, you have other constraints too um, from a business component and, and regulatory component. Um, so I'm glad you guys are coming out with something that, that I think it's very needed, Greg. Well, thanks, Kyle. And there's so many other things that we're going to learn on the fly, but there's been so much research over the last 10 to 15 years on telehealth. This is not a new discovery. It's something that Dr. Schmaler's been working on and Dr. Shine for 15 years. I think Dr. Shine even wrote his thesis on this alone, which 
uh, is not new. So we see the past becoming the present, but the present being enhanced because of the past. So the research that's already been done enhances our deliverable that we have today during this pandemic to help us keep those patients safe and out of harm's way and to not cause harm where we can actually keep the patients safe. I agree. And and that's ultimately what we want. We want the best possible outcome for the end user, for that consumer in the most effective, efficient way possible. And and that's, I think, as we've discovered a little bit over these, these interviews with, with those different stakeholders from the educational to the independent provider to national provider, anybody out there, those different stakeholder groups is there is, I I really do believe there's only upside to this. There is a a time in place for, for telehealth and virtual services to increase that operational efficiency, to provide better outcomes and transparency downstream to the consumer and their environments. I'm just, again, excited to see what this brings and who will really take the reins and run with it. Well, and that's a good point, Kyle, because what we have to do is you and I as leaders in the industry and trying to make a difference, we have to help take those reins and give folks that information that we gather on a daily basis, working with hundreds of providers and thousands of patients in the population. There's mistakes that happen. It, it just occurs. And we need to capitalize on understanding what worked and what didn't and push that out in educational platform like we are with our telehealth education and help modify and make each day a better day, better outcomes. Information drives knowledge, which drives professional outcomes and satisfaction. That's what we're looking for. Patient satisfaction with health outcomes at the highest level. 100% agree. Anything else, Greg, you want to add? I I really don't think so. What this is going to do is it's going to help performance. It's going to help problem solving. It's going to give very educated outcomes to a patient population that has had a difficult time with any type of research and development. This industry is not like other industries in that disability can be an an ability if it's worked with the proper equipment to give you the best outcome that you have. And that's what we work for, to make an ability work for everyone. Thanks for your time. Uh, It's my pleasure. And Greg, thank you very much for speaking with me today on, on telehealth and complex rehab. Uh, I do truly appreciate your time and advocacy for this industry. This uh, formally concludes our interview, and I implore you to stay on the lookout for what U.S. Rehab will be offering in 2021. I thank you all for joining us and for what each of you do to all of our friends in the complex rehab community. Be safe, challenge the status quo, and let's improve lives together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash Matters podcast.